The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, the week trending, new time for it. And today we're joined for the first time by Mairead Cleary, Cleary, who of course is a news reporter here with Bar Media, including CFM, and Michael Clifford, special correspondent with the Irish Examiner. And I know there are some of you who are going to be giving out about talking about a member of the British royal family during the week trending, but it's a major international story which is dominating the news agenda. So let's talk about Prince Harry's book, even in advance of getting a chance to read it next week. Very clearly, what are the main things we know from it that might be of interest? Well, a lot has come out so far. I mean, where to begin? Um, Firstly, he actually revealed how many people he killed in uh, his missions in Afghanistan. Admit or actually almost boast about? It was weird. He said he doesn't regret it, uh, but he's not happy about it either. (laughs) It was a really unusual admission. Um, But there's some other juicier bits as well for any gossip hounds. You know, he talked about the time he lost his virginity to an older woman. Um, He said... How much older do we know? We don't know. All we know is that the woman likes horses and then the rumour mill went into overdrive and Liz Hurley came out and said no it's not me because so many people were asking Liz are you the person who slept with Prince Harry as a teenager? And she actually answered the question. She did to the oh, Times UK. Or I would thank God she did that because I hate if you were just springing oh, no. into that rumour like that. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> she said this morning it's not me. Uh, other things you know his, his drug consumption he talked about doing cocaine smoking weed and even taking uh, psychedelics he even shared some bizarre stories he had while he was on those drugs. Uh, wearing a Nazi on. uniform at a party though, that was an <sighs> idea of his brother and his wife. Apparently, apparently so. He's blaming it on them too either. Uh, what else is there, Michael, in this? Yeah, there's stuff there about the fa- uh, he suggested his father, uh, now King Charles, that after he was born, uh, Charles apparently said to his wife, Princess Diana, wonderful, now you've given me an heir and a spare. Of course, the, the sp- spare being the name of the book, that's also being the, the term that's used for the second in line for the throne above, following a, a sibling or whatever. I mean, just... Of course, so here series. in Ireland, we might use the term spare as something for something else. I was just, but well, let's not go a, there. A kind of an appendage, I know <laughs> what you mean. Yeah. But the, the, the one serious thing, that, that business that Maria said about the, the number of people he killed in Afghanistan, I mean, I just think that's an appalling thing. How this guy was advised in any capacity, to put something like that in a book. He almost treats it like it was a video game. Yeah, I mean, and he, I think he gives the number and all, and mm-hmm. the whole thing, I mean, that's just really, in terms of taste, in terms of anything, notwithstanding whom they were fighting, whatever, Like, but it's just, I think that's appalling. Apart from that, the thing is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> you can imagine. I mean, who is it? Like, the guy, okay, he needs to earn a crust. He's no longer 20 million rise. quid apparently for this. Yeah, well, start a car washer, do something. Do you know what I mean? Just go out and earn a few bob. But this sort of thing is... um, And, and then the best thing of all... Oh, are you a British royalist now, Mick? Are you? Is that what it is that you're offended oh, by the damage I, that I, he's I, doing to the, the I, institution of the royal glued, family? Glued to it, glued to it, Matt. <laughs> but this line is the best one of all. I want my father and my brother back. Just going around the aquarium. <laughs> that's what you're looking for, like you know. And no, I have to say, I had sympathy for the guy when the likes of Piers Morgan and all these people when he did the interview. I thought, look, give the fella a break. I mean, yeah. And you do know. you not think that there is a certain class and racist element of attacking Meghan Markle? There may well be. Uh, the only point I'm making is the detail of what he's talking about, his own private life, how it impacts on his family. This business about fighting with William. This guy, on one hand, he's talking about being out in Afghanistan and he's at the end of a gun. Next thing, William knocks him over and he bangs his head off the dog bowl. 
<laughs> oh my God, it's really, really shocking. I mean, it's just ludicrous. Hang stuff. on, you're not downplaying the fact of adult men actually hitting each other as a way to deal with their problems. And does that not Matt, create issues in relation to man who will be the next king? When you of come England? off the stage, I'm not talking about that. All. I'm talking about a fellow who's in the army one minute, and the next minute his brother pushes him over, and it's oh my God, I have been assaulted. Do you have so, any sympathy for him, right? Given that he did lose his mother, at what age was he? 14 and she lost her in tragic circumstances. Uh, sympathy, I think, is going a little bit far. Originally, when, you know, those articles were coming out and they were, in fairness, attacking Meghan Markle, I would agree that there was definitely a race element there. Uh, There's definitely a class element. But after the Oprah interview... He still had me with him. But now I think he's losing the dressing room. Um, It's a 400 page book. And to be honest, he's giving us stories no one asked for. Like he's giving above and beyond what any of us wanted to know, I think. Listen, this spare thing is so cringy, says one listener. Morto for his kids when they grow up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they'll get over with the 20 million, I presume. (laughs) <laughs> well, they would, they would, but they'll need the protection probably. Maybe he's made a target for himself after those comments. It's kind of sad people. too, though, just in terms of the family. I mean, there's himself, his brother and his own man. And I mean, you know, to fall out with them, irrespective. And like, I, I watched The Crown and I, a soap opera yeah, was great. So well, the first I. four or five seasons of it, you know, and it was great. But when you see this happening in real time, you're thinking, this has gone beyond. And the other thing is, how do the British people maintain their relationship with the royal family the way they have over centuries you'd have to wonder because it's gone from soap opera now into the Simpsons Yeah but there was deep upset when Queen Elizabeth died Oh yeah understandably but I'm just saying this is the next this is further Was it as understandably as how upset many of them got? It's their thing by all accounts Uh, Look Matt we've things ourselves Gaelic football this and that whatever it's their thing and therefore they got upset by it you know it's the popularity, I think, though, of William and Kate that, OK, people might not like Charles. I think people definitely have their issues with Harry. But I believe the British public in general really like William and Kate and they will hold on for William and Kate to get to the throne. So, like, I always find it so surprising how supportive they are of the monarchy when really they're paying for a soap opera at this point. OK, let's move on. We will be back to that book. Um, we actually will be reading it on Monday night. God help us. And we'll be covering, covering it on Tuesday's programme. Uh, but... Let's talk about the way our TDs get treated. Just for those who are not aware of this story, remind us of what happened to Kieran Cannon and Anne Rabbit at a planning meeting, effectively, in Galway. Yeah, so Kieran Cannon and Junior Minister Anne Rabbit were attending a, a, a public meeting in Gort. Um, while they were at it, you know, the mic was being passed around in these situations as that happens. I believe it was the third speaker got up to make his point um, and started lambasting the government and wasn't happy about this decision. Although it was an independent planning decision rather than a government decision. Exactly. So Kieran Cannon actually fought back and said, no, this is on board Planola's decision. It's not the government's. There was an exchange anyway. Long story short, the man actually pulled out a Ziploc bag of dry cow manure and threw it at Kieran. Um, Missed. Missed. But he did hit Anne Rabbit in the torso, she says. Um, and he left the room. Bag, wasn't it? A second one, exactly. Yeah. So then he left the room. The funny thing is to me, though, is that the meeting actually continued and the man entered the room again unnoticed. So I was speaking to the organisers and I asked, like, how did this actually fly? And um, Kieran O'Donnell said to me that, well, really, it was a public meeting. The motto of the group is respect all opinions. And they didn't notice the man return. Um, and Rabbit then told Galway Bay FM that, you know, she was actually 
afraid when she was in the room because the man was only two metres behind him. Now, the Gardaí have launched an investigation into it, but it was a pretty shocking thing to happen. What do you make of this, McClifford? Because I know there are some people who were texting in yesterday saying, oh, politicians should get over themselves. Should they really? No. I mean, do we not supposed to have some sort of standards where people who stand for public office, who get properly elected are deserving of a degree of respect so that they will not be physically assaulted. Absolutely. And I mean, this is this is a thing that has developed over the last 10 years, I'd suggest. In the wake initially of the economic collapse, when there was huge anger at what had happened in the country. Now, that's still no excuse, but on one level, you can understand how things perhaps in instances got somewhat out of hand. You add to that the whole uh, scene on social media and the way that things are pumped up there. You have echo chambers, you, you've, you've retailing anger effectively, and you arrive at, at this. Remember, this guy had two bags of this stuff. He obviously came here with a plan and he was going to do this. And then you, you have more serious stuff even in the similar vein though. Martin Kenny, who's from over the West as well, his car getting burnt out, I think he said there before Christmas, his, his four kids are going to have to move. You have the Martin likes. Kenny, the Sinn Féin TD, has been treated abysmally mm-hmm. by the people who have targeted his house. Absolutely. Com- completely. And, and it's happened on more utterly, than one. Utterly wrong. On more than one occasion. Completely. Uh, you have Leo Varadkar's home was picketed by a similar type of people, I think, as the ones that target Martin Kenny. Not obviously in the same vein, the way they targeted Mr. Kenny. Uh, and I think Simon Harris or Stephen Donnelly or some of them. Stephen Donnelly had to put up a big wall yeah, around the that, house. Yeah, that's right. This is really getting out of hand. And, you know, we've seen what's happened in other countries. We saw it in the US. We saw people getting... We saw Joe Cox murdered and in, before in, the Brexit referendum exactly. in the UK. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's something that needs to be reined in. And I was a small bit... But off, there was one or two people in public life that that, what, that kind of attitude you were talking about there in terms of Asher, what's the big deal? I was just thought that's that, that you don't need to hear that. That's that's not good. Michael Clifford, Murray Cleary, stay with us. And we'll have more in the week trending. We'll focus on Andrew Tate and Dana White and other things in the week trending after this. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Okay, so it's Michael Clifford and Mairead Cleary who are with us this week to discuss the week trending. And there was one story that so started last week, Mairead, uh, the row between Andrew Tate, the mixed martial artist uh, and social media guru, I suppose you could call him, and Greta Thunberg. And he got completely burned by Greta Thunberg, who dealt with him brilliantly. But tell us about what has emerged about this pretty obnoxious individual since. Yeah, so Andrew Tate is being held by Romanian authorities. Um, he's been held for up to 30 days in connection with human trafficking offences. So it's him, his brother and two other individuals. Um, it's pretty dark stuff. And to be honest, he is misogynistic. There is hours of video footage and different quotes. Uh, for Even if he's not guilty of human trafficking yes. and the investigations on yes. the way, it's quite clear from his actions and behaviour that he's an appalling misogynist, isn't Absolutely. He? I mean, for people who aren't familiar with him, you know, he was originally a mixed martial artist or a kickboxer rather and he got a start on Big Brother and then eventually he built this massive following Promoting all sorts of strange ideas. You know, he was saying that women are the property of their husbands, that they belong in the kitchen um, and different things like that. But I mean, he was really popular. He was on Instagram. He had 4.6 million followers. Twitter, he had 1.5 million. Now he's been banned from Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. But Elon Musk ran Twitter have uh, invited him back. Really? Yeah, he's on Twitter again with 1.5 million. 
What do you make of this guy, Michael Clifford? And also the fact that he has so many people who celebrate mm. him and who follow him and he gets so many likes and clicks and the rest of it. I, I have to confess to my journalistic deficit here, Matt, uh, prior to Greta Thunberg's absolutely <laughs> unrivaled tweet, which I think was tweeted a year last year, if you ask me. Uh, I hadn't heard of this guy. Um, but so I, was, I was out of the loop. But what I know him. But he's of a type though, isn't he? Like, you know, I mean, he is of that type. And unfortunately, he's of a type that gets an awful lot of attention uh, and gets a lot of support. And gets a lot of support. And unfortunately, it would seem, gets a lot of support in very young males in particular right around the world. For one, not not, uh, and they were not also because necessarily because he's misogynistic, but they're drawn into his persona. He's, he's kickboxing the whole thing, you know, he's... Um, there were also a lot of middle-aged people who should have known better who took his side against Greta Thunberg simply because they're climate change deniers. Oh yeah, well I mean you've that, you've that all over the place definitely like you know but he, the thing about guys like this if you ask me they'll get their comeuppance at some stage and it seems Well maybe he's getting it now. That's exactly mm. the thing you know. What about Dana White? You must know who Dana White I do. is. I do. <laughs> You're not that out of touch. No, that no. special correspondent of the Irish I Examiner. I know, I know Dana, Dana White. No, I mean, this again, but there's a similar theme here. He was caught on camera uh, striking, assaulting his wife. Now, she was she struck him as well. But, I mean, because he is, is the, uh, the president of the UFC and the whole thing, you're back into this whole macho culture that whole thing and he's apologising profusely simply if you ask me because he realised he's in an era that if he doesn't there'd be major repercussions but I mean again I'm not making comparisons with him and Tate but you know there's a particular type that's out there and, and they're outsized as far as I'm concerned Yeah but it seems right he's not getting half the criticism that for example Will Smith got for delivering a slap against Chris Rock at the Oscars last year Yeah it's a funny one I have to agree with you on that I don't really know why you know his apology he gave to the showbiz site TMZ was that there was a lot of alcohol involved you know there's no excuse but I've known my wife since we were 12 we're married nearly 30 years says she struck him first don't forget yes. that but does that really matter if just because one person strikes you does that entitle you to strike back exactly it's funny that, that, that there's so little heat being being given to him and I don't understand why uh, why that is to be honest I, I, I'd suggest it simply because th- th- he's not centre stage in terms of the whole celebrity culture I would I would think beyond that I mean the, 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 I don't see too many redeeming features in the guy to be honest with you, you know? Let, let's move on do you remember Mick when the Green Party talked about reintroducing wolves to Ireland <laughs> I wonder how the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen would think of that idea yeah Ursula von der Leyen uh, apparently in her uh, near her home in Germany uh, her pony she and she's apparently been into horses since she was a kid her pony was attacked by a wolf and killed and killed and uh, thereafter, uh, the the wolf's number was up. Effectively, there was a, a the, the, there's um, there's a protective notice on wolves, but there was dispensation in some instances. And there was in relation to this particular wolf. Now, Ursula von der Leyen said it had nothing to do with her, but one way or the other, um, the wolf came under the target, and he was done. And that was confirmed in December. She's saying it had absolutely nothing to do with her. Her spokesperson said the attack on Miss von der Leyen's pony was not the reason that the wolf was killed. But uh, obviously, one could imagine she hardly shed any tears for the old wolf. OK, let's move on to other things. <laughs> um, Mairead, um, 
interested to see Canada banning foreign investors buying property, which is very interesting given the controversies we have in this country about international investors buying up apartment blocks. Yeah, it's an interesting move. So as of the 1st of January, a new law was introduced in Canada whereby foreigners cannot buy property there as investments. Um, You know, it's a funny one. Apparently, it's been a long talked about issue in Canada, but only 4.8% of properties in Vancouver are owned by non-Canadians and it's even less so in Toronto. So it's an issue they talk about a lot, by all accounts, in Canada. Whether or not it's actually that big of a problem, I don't know. New Zealand have done similar in the past as well. Um, There's arguments for and against it and there is... um, there are exceptions made for people who have worked in Canada long enough and stuff like that. Is it something that would, is needed in Ireland, perhaps? Yeah, it probably is needed. Yeah. But I, I think what, pe- what people in the development industry will say, and perhaps it has to be tested, I don't know, but they will say that without the international funds, a lot of the apartments currently, uh, uh, a lot of the apartments, sorry, a caveat, that get planning permission, they're not necessarily being even built at the moment, but I suppose in fairness, the ones that are, are financed by funds are... Um, that it wouldn't be possible without them. No, whether or not that stands up to scrutiny, I don't know. Now, what about the French? Uh, having <laughs> a slump in their wine industry because young people apparently are not drinking enough wine and it's been blamed on older drinkers not educating them, Mairead. Yes, this is an interesting one. So, yeah, back in the day, apparently in the 1960s, uh, French people were guzzling wine by the bottle but they haven't passed on their tradition to their children. In fact, many French people are actually looking uh, to drink beer over wine and have reduced their consumption massively. Now, they say this is actually going to have an impact on um, on the industry itself. There could be major redundancies in the next five years um, all over this. So maybe wine is falling a little bit out of fashion in France and uh, it could actually have some serious impacts on people's jobs. What do you make of that? Young people in France not drinking wine. But is wine maybe something that you come to later in life? That, that could be the thing, I suppose. They, they, they have their own culture there. I wonder... Um do young people today appreciate a pint of Guinness the way an older generation would have? I don't know. I mean, well, I thought a pint of Guinness is another grower because, you see, I'm 25 and I would say I'm only getting into wine, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, but I would say I only enjoy wine in the last few years. Yeah. When you're younger, it is more about the spirits and stuff like that. And I'd say... God, I thought spirits were for the older generation with spirits like whiskey. Of course, the younger yes, generation go for gin, gin and, vodka. and vodka. Yeah, so it's funny. It's all to do with trends. I do believe when you get older and maybe you appreciate food a little bit more and you appreciate your wine, it might be less of a bit about the social aspect of alcohol and actually just enjoying it for what it is. Maybe then you get into wine and when you're a bit in, older. In, in, in terms of France, you'd wonder about the internationalisation of culture. Yes. Have they lost something in that respect? And are the younger people not enthralled to the same things that uh, culturally and nationally... Of course, they also have to worry in France about the changing climate and how that's impacting their ability to grow wine and champagne. And now they're ski slopes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another issue this week, actually. In-laws mine went off to Bulgaria to ski this week and they were getting dispatches for the lift that there wasn't no snow there. So, I mean, again, we're back. You mentioned climate change, Matt, and that's there. Another one of these events, it would seem, that we've experienced in the last two years, in particular around the world. It keeps happening and I have to say, we keep doing very little about it. That's a short-term trend, maybe, though. John Gibbons keeps telling us it's a long-term <laughs> issue, which we cover every Thursday here in The Last Word. Thank you for joining us today on The Week Trending. Uh, Marae Cleary from our Today FM newsroom and Michael Clifford, a special correspondent with The Irish Examiner. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.